0: Because this is for the
1: I to you of first importance that I also receive that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. This is Reformed Rasa. Thank you for tuning in Woo-hoo. once again. And we're here live right here. And now we're going to be talking about the gospel, man, the source of the Christian faith, man. man and I'm, I'm pretty excited for this one because... Man, this is uh, the basis of of our of what we believe, right? Well,
0: well this is this is everything. So, if, mm-hmm. so if, if we don't get in depth into what the gospel, if we don't know even know the gospel. Yeah. Then it's like we don't even know that we're saved.
1: Exactly, we got to know
0: the gospel.
2: Yeah,
1: and so. The gospel, first of all, I like to say that this is not something that you graduate from. This is not something that you learn and then you go on to other things. This is the very essence of our faith. This is what we go and preach. Mm -hmm. This is what... Paul was unashamed of, according to Romans 1:16, that it's the power of God unto salvation.
2: So this is in a uh, a movie that we just watch once and then we're done.
1: Nah, it keeps going. Um, every 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 so doctrine, every teaching, everything goes back to the gospel. So it's everything. like
2: a, it's like a child that watches their favorite movie and continues to watch it every day as if it was the and he the brand never new? gets
1: bored of it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Remember, it's all okay. Lines and everything,
2: huh? Yeah, that's how we should be. That's a good that's a good an- analogy actually. So actually. Coming in. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Myself, my name is Justin. This
0: is Victor Velasquez right here.
1: And this is Martin Velasquez. Gracias for tuning in. Amen. And so, first of all, and and your guys is just like a brief uh, in your own words, when you go evangelize or when you go share the gospel, what is it that you tell people? What is it that that you say when when you talk about the gospel? How about you, Justin?
2: Um, Well, when it comes to evangelism, when I'm out on the street, um, our church, we usually go on Tuesdays, we go out, we have outreaches and we go to the street corners, whatever it may be. And we talk to strangers, we talk to um, just random people from different walks of life about the gospel. And just more recently, to answer your question, more recently, before I would say, you know, hey, Jesus loves you, okay. and 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 I'll tell them, you know, like, do do, do you know that Jesus loves you? And most aunts, most would be like, yeah, because they, mm-hmm. they 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 know that's common when when, when yeah. people yeah. hear of the gospel. And so, just more recently, instead, I would come differently. My approach would be different, and I'll be, hey, you, you know, I'll go up to them sincere and just be like, can I pray for you? Is there anything that I can lift up in prayer? And and this is different. Because now it's, it's people opening up with their struggles, uh-huh. what's going on, what they need prayer for. And most mm-hmm. times it's, you know, um, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. And then by that way, I'm able to open up and tell them about the gospel uh-huh. instead of coming and say, Jesus loves you. Because with that, Jesus loves you, although it's, it's awesome to do to remind people that Jesus loves them, it gets them curious as to, oh, well, who's Jesus? But then at the same time, people hear it a lot. Yeah. And so when you tell them, you know, Jesus loves you, they're like, oh, okay, that's it. You know, there, yeah. there's nothing afterward. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Jesus loves me. All right, cool. My mom loves yeah. me too. Yeah. You know, so and, and, that's and so that's it's a a like, damn, where do you yeah. go from
1: there? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like the, the Ray Comfort living water style that if you guys know who Ray Comfort is, mm-hmm. yeah. search him on YouTube, powerful videos that he has on there. I like to do that where he takes them to the law. And shows them that they're a sinner first he shows them their need for christ Mm. and then he gives them the bad news that you're a sinner and he goes but god has made a way for you to come to salvation so it's a it's a mixture of of telling them both sides that you know you're a sinner and i'm gonna show you that you're a sinner because the problem that most people have is that they're self-righteous they don't believe that they are that bad you know what I mean? According okay, so to Romans chapter 3, it says no one is righteous. So he shows them that they're unrighteous. And the scriptures say that no unrighteous person will inherit the kingdom of God. So what do we need to be saved? We need to become righteous, right?
2: So what does that mean then for if anyone that is listening, hearing the gospel the first time, or maybe they have heard the gospel, maybe haven't heard it in this way. So what does that mean that we're sinners? What does that mean to you? Or even just how Ray Comfort puts it. How, how do we show people and Mm -hmm. how do we ourselves understand that hey we're sinners all of us are sinners yeah how do we understand that how do we take that where do we go to to read that or maybe even just like what do we ask ourselves to to maybe measure up what standard are we using
1: so first of all we're using the 10 commandments as the standard okay and we're we're, we walk them through that and show them that they have not kept the commandments and that everyone as romans chapter three right here (coughs) let me read it real quick romans chapter three uh, verse 11, it says, no, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And that just describes every single one of us, the state that we are are in before Christ. But it also, now, now this is the interesting part. That I think that Ray Comfort does a good job when he takes them through the law Because verse 19 says Now we know that whatever the law says It speaks to those who are under the law So that every mouth may be stopped And the whole world may be held accountable to God Other translations say that the whole world may become guilty before God hmm. So so I think that's very interesting That if we look The Bible says that the, the, the Ten Commandments are like an, a mirror We look ourselves And we, we can see ourselves through the Ten Commandments And know that yeah we're in trouble if this is the standard and that we're supposed to keep because none of one, none of us has kept it. Mm-hmm. You understand? And so I think that's very interesting. That, And then it goes to say in, in verse 20, it says, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin.
2: That's actually a really good scripture mm-hmm. because it says that by works, none, none. will be justified. So even none. if we tried... Mm -hmm. to keep the commandments on our own because when you ask any person they'll be like yeah I've kept the commandments I've you know I haven't killed (laughs) most times when we ask people they'll be like well compared to this guy I'm not I didn't kill anybody or I didn't rob a bank or anything Mm -hmm. like that so I think I'm pretty good because they use that as their standard
1: yeah but the standard is the 10 commandments you broke a wall you broke one, you broke them all So let's, let's, just, let's just take the, the sin of yeah, lying let's
2: go through that let's, let, let's go through the Ten Commandments So anyone listening, they can measure themselves yeah, through this yeah, yeah. If, they, if they don't know the Ten Commandments
1: So let's just take that one commandment, lying So okay. by lying, what do you do? You dishonor your parent, parents Which is one commandment That's one down That's two because you lied already And you have not um, Loved the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength This is the first commandment So you already broken three
2: I would even say, too, when when lying is brought up, it goes beyond even just the law itself. Because I what I always tell Joseph all the time is when you and lie... And Joseph is his you, son. Yeah, sorry. Uh, for those who don't know, I have a son. His name is Joseph. He uh-huh. is six years old, and he is rowdy. And he is crazy, He is bro. crazy. He's, uh-huh. he's an army of one. But uh, what I tell him all the time is that if you lie to someone, you're going to lose their trust. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so now... People have these, so like even even just going past the the the, the law, and like how we could benefit from mm-hmm. from the law too is is that when we don't lie, we gain people's trust. People yeah. trust each other because of the way they keep their word to them, or mm-hmm. or even just the the conversation. So like when you lie, you lose people's trust because now they're they're on guard with you. That ah, oh, this guy again, they they can't trust you. They they can't take any um, confidence in what you say.
1: Yeah, and so just when breaking one commandment. Um, you break them off. See, half of the commandments are outward sins, but then there's inward sins too. Mm. So when, so we got the sin of, of coveting and that's, that's something that happens in the heart, something that happens in the mind.
2: What is coveting for those? Coveting
1: is, is desiring something like with greed. Mm. And that's a sin because what it's you're making something that's not even yours. Yeah, well, but but you but so
0: bad that you'll do whatever and, it takes. and
1: so why is that a sin? Because it's, you're making an idol, which is breaking the second commandment. You're making an idol, or you're making that thing your God
2: that you really want. Basically, like a goal in that, life to achieve something.
1: And that could be coveting. That could be also a sin too. Damn, Anything so, that's above God. Is covetous
2: So would you say That would even go Into social media Ooh bruh Dude that's another topic That's another tangent <laughs> That's maybe, something another For another time. day bruh media. But, okay moving forward Okay so the <laughs> next one
1: <laughs> Okay so just And just Just for One sin You break them all And so mm. but Then the word of God Says that the, the commandments Are good The law is good mm. So take that In consideration That although We're We break these laws The laws are good they are for our own good, and for, they're for the glory of God. And so, in 1 John, it says to, to break one sin. To, sin is the breaking of the law. It's the transgression of the okay. law. So, that's what sin, That definition, the definition of sin is the breaking of the law.
2: So, so how, how do we measure ourselves to this law, then? Let, let's test... Uh, our assistant pastor, Victor right, you can test me.
1: I'm up into everything.
2: <laughs> okay. So this, is, a, right th- this and, is, and if anyone else also listening, maybe they can measure themselves alongside with our pastor. So,
0: so you're telling me I got to be honest right
2: now. Yeah. You got to be hundred percent honest. Okay. All right, all right,
1: and, go, so, go. and so, and th- so this is, this is like a, a good way. And once again, if, if you want, I, we get this from, uh, Ray Comfort, you go on YouTube, search Ray Comfort, search Living Waters, and he does a bunch of you, uh, YouTube a lot videos. A videos. Most of them right here in downtown Huntington Beach. Woo woo! Shout out Shout to everyone out. in HB. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> he takes them through 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 the law. So he says, "Do you think you're a good person, Pastor Vic? Keep in mind, you're 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 an unbeliever right
2: yeah, now. Yeah. So oh, you're an yeah. unbeliever. Just think <clears throat> of yourself before uh, you got saved." Okay. So that mindset, just don't cuss. Would you,
1: <laughs> would you consider to yourself to be a good person?
2: Um,
0: yes, I'm a good person. Better do, than most.
1: Uh, do you mind if we put that statement to the test then? Sure. All right. How many lies have you told? Countless. So what do you call someone that, that tells countless lies?
0: Uh, you call them a liar.
1: So what
2: are you?
0: I'm a liar.
1: All right, that's one down. I
2: would even say even just after one lie.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, how many lies does it take to become a liar? Just one. Just one. You're a liar
2: now. You're tainted. Especially with your friends. You lie to them. All of a sudden, they're going to clown on you, calling you a liar all the time. Yeah, seriously, (laughs) dude. (laughs) Fake.
1: Okay, so, so, all right, so the next one is, um, uh, have you ever stolen anything before? Yes, I have. What do you call someone that steals things? A stealer. Only if you're from Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> um, you a you a with thief. Thief.
1: That's thief. a little Ray right Comfort joke. He yeah, always does that. Uh, and so, so, the, so, what would that make you?
0: That would make me a lying
2: thief. Dang, Dang bro, You bro, you got two racked up against already. you. Dang. That's not a good name in the hood.
1: And so, Man. and so, have uh, have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? Yes, I have. And so the Bible says that he will not hold him uh blameless who takes the name of the Lord in vain. What is so that what
2: does that mean? Take the Lord's name in vain. And.
1: So using God's name in an unworthy manner, an improper use of his name because his name is holy, his name is is perfect. And so when you take that name in vain without giving his due regard or due honor, it is a sin.
0: So so just a just a quick thing it would even OMG be considered taking the lord's name in vain like it's, if
2: someone were to say oh my god like no, that no no not i was just using an example i was just using example, I, <laughs> no, just using example. I, I personally don't like it when people yeah. say
1: that no I no don't. but even,
0: even saying omg because not knowing that uh you know that that's abbreviation for oh my you know yeah so so would that even be considered a sin because that's, you're not even taking that into consideration it's, what if, what if they mean
2: by gosh what if they mean gosh
1: I mean, you can get into all the The substitutions and technicalities, but the thing here is that using the Lord's name in vain. So if you use, oh my gosh, I don't think you're use it's not his name. So we need to express ourselves, you know, so I think you're not taking the Lord's name in vain in that. But that's considered blasphemy because you are, with... The emotion that you're expressing, you're you're expressing disgust, you're expressing fear, you're expressing all these kinds of emotions that are not uh, compatible with God's, with the Mm -hmm. attributes of God. And you're aiming it towards God. So you're aiming it towards God, and so it's considered blasphemy, because even in the the scriptures, they're considered the name of God holy. They wouldn't even say it in the Old Testament. They wouldn't even say it. And so that's
2: why they have the the Y W H. Yeah, which the Y H W H, which Yahweh. is an abbreviation
1: for you. Yahweh. You gotta have the uh, Yahweh. <laughs> the, the, he, the Hebrew,
2: the Hebrew uh, And we're probably <laughs> chopping it up, but
1: <laughs> okay. So that that so that's blasphemy. So now you're a lying, thieving blas blasphemer. So now let's go into the inward sins. Oh man! This oh, weird. this is where it getting hot right here. So Jesus said If you look at a woman with lust You have committed adultery with her in your heart Have you ever looked at a woman with lust Pastor Vic
2: Dang yeah (laughs) that pastor Hey hey Let's be real man Come on let's be be real real.
0: Uh, Yes Dang I'm calling up pastor Chill out man. chill
1: out And hey it's recorded so no, 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 but so, so now that, that, that's just to show you that we just don't sin outwardly, we sin inwardly. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so now you're lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterer a heart, and you got to stand before God on Judgment Day with that. How are you going to do? Heaven or hell?
0: According to that law, according to that test, I'd be guilty and I'd go to hell. Now Which is it, pretty terrifying. Now, does it's that like, concern
1: you? Of course, you just said it, it Well Yeah, because but...
0: uh, you think of hell, it's not, it's not, it's not a pretty... And and
1: I think that's also uh, something that we need to talk about more in the church is hell, because American Christianity doesn't want to talk about hell anymore. And this is why we need the gospel, because what are we saved from? We're saved from the wrath of God. We're saved from eternal destruction. We're saved from the flames, the lake of fire, which is hell. This is what we're saved from.
2: So, hell's not a place where we go and we rock out with the devil? Nah, you're not going to party, party with the up. devil.
1: I think it would be a pretty terrifying sight to see the devil in torment.
0: <laughs> not, not, yeah, that, that's the thing. that People, when they picture hell, they think, oh, the devil's the king of hell. He's gonna Yeah, be that's raining. a misconception. Which, uh, the word of God actually says that he's going to be tortured as well. Yeah. He'll be
2: burning heat. So, yeah.
1: And if there is no hell, then what's the point of the gospel? People are going to hell. That's a reality. And so now, you're a criminal standing before the judge, about well, to be condemned.
2: That's, that's actually a scary thought when you think about it. If there is no hell, then what's the point? Exactly. I could do these things, and there's not going to be any punishment. For any person, mm-hmm. when, if there's a city, a town, a country, whatever it is, mm-hmm. if there is no laws to bind somebody that does wrong or, or, or commits a crime, if there's nothing that, that there's no consequence to the sin, Then what's the point why do i need to obey these laws because then it just becomes a bunch of uh what do you call that perspective exactly
0: i also like what rabbi zachariah said in the song misconception with uh, the truth uh oh, he talks yeah. about uh, he talking about specifically about how he says if there is no how then why not go have a shootout after a funeral why not yeah. go out, release your frustration if you're not going to have any consequences for it and I, I think that's what a lot of people think that they have no con there's no consequences for your sin or for what you do that is wrong even though inwardly we know it's wrong we know yeah. it's bad to do these things and uh it's just crazy how, how that's that on just uh, if uh uh, go on to Apple Music, listen to The Truth, Misconception. Uh, that's Robert a Zacharias, deep song, man. dude.
2: That's a deep song. Okay, so so now that we've gone through the standard, um, moving forward, can any of us keep these standards?
1: No, not one. <laughs> so we got a problem here. There's a standard to abide by, and we cannot keep that standard.
2: What about the the, the good person or... I would even say, what about the prophets, those that were closest to God in the Old Testament? Were they able to keep these, do you think?
1: Oh, no, of course they weren't able to. But this is the good news of the gospel. And the gospel is not something that just pops up in the New Testament. First of all, let me take you just through a couple scriptures in the book of Genesis right away. I got my Bible here, maybe you can hear the turning of the page, because we're actually using the Bible, and we're what? actually going to read from the Bible. So if
2: you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, Genesis is the first book. Now, it sounds a little confusing, uh, coming in when I first started reading the Bible. What do you mean book? I thought this is a book. <laughs> I thought oh. the Bible was a book, but actually the Bible consists of 66 individual books inside of it. Yes, sir. Um So, yes. So so the first book in the Bible itself from any Bible you get is Genesis.
1: And so Genesis chapter three, uh, verse 15, it says, I will put enmity talking to the serpent. Let's start. Let's start in verse 14 says, because you have done this, cursed are, are you above all livestock and above all beasts, beasts of the field of on your belly. You shall go and thus you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So now you can read that and not understand it and not think about anything, but actually this is the first gospel presentation that we get the book of Genesis all the way in the beginning, chapter 3. So when it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, so we know that Eve... All human beings come from Eve, Adam and Eve. And so if you trace the the lineage down, you're going to see that Jesus comes from this bloodline. And so when it says the the offspring of the woman or the seed of the woman, it's talking about Jesus already. And so he shall bruise your head. So this offspring, this seed is going to bruise the head of the serpent. And we know that the serpent is Satan. But in the process, he will... And you shall bruise his heel, meaning he will be injured in the process. So Jesus came to put the to 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 destroy the works of the devil, to destroy the works of the enemy. But in the process, he will get bruised. And so we already have a slight picture of the gospel. And then you go a couple of verses later where it says and verse 20 says the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. So God made garments of skin to clothe the nakedness, the sin of Adam and Eve. So he had to get an animal, had to kill an innocent animal. We don't know what this animal is, but it would make sense. That would be a lamb. That's just my perspective, that he will kill this animal, shed its blood and cover the sin or the nakedness of. With with the clothing, with the skins of that very animal and put it on Adam and Eve. All right. And so that is deep right there, bro.
2: So then moving forward (laughs) to New Testament, when Jesus comes to the scene, Uh then we read in the book of John. um, Jesus steps onto the scene. His cousin, John the Baptist, is baptizing people in the Jordan River. And when Jesus comes, he says, behold... The Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Dang, bro. And so earlier we we mentioned the law, the standard that all of us need to compare ourselves to. And when we do this, we understand that, hey, I cannot keep the law. I cannot keep these commandments. And so from that, we're able to understand that, hey, all of us are guilty. Every person Mm -hmm. has ever lived. Every person that will live will be always guilty by this. And so going into John, when Jesus steps on the scene, um, I would like to read from John chapter 3. Jesus, he began his ministry, he starts teaching, and so one of the Pharisee teachers named Nicodemus comes to Jesus and asks him about these things. And so in John chapter 3 verse 1, it goes on to say, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader, who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. So in the dark, he came, he split himself from his fellow leaders in, in the, the Jewish temple and he comes in secret because he didn't want to be seen. And He goes to Jesus and he says, Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us your, your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, "You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you that what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if we but if you don't believe me when I tell you that about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven." And that and and side note, about people who, who write books and say, you know, I've gone to heaven, come back and write about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, not oh, even getting started on that, bro. So that's a, that's a different <laughs> topic for another, another time. But continuing, it says, man, as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And then now coming to the famous John three sixteen that a lot of us are familiar with you know being christian or even just being a non-believer we know this yeah um and so here's the famous line for the gospels for god loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life now when you take that scripture alone that sounds good yep that's you know the the people telling other people you know jesus loves you mm-hmm. and then here <laughs> the they're 16, like all right bro, cool that's, that's it. It. it it sounds friendly it sounds
0: friendly it sounds yeah. like okay i want
2: But that. That. that's not the <laughs> completed Sentence. That's not the completed saying when uh-huh. Jesus is talking. It's 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 taking one sentence that Jesus says and running with it. But we need to understand the full context because we understand that here Nicodemus is asking Jesus, "How are we to be born again?" Yeah. And so then he under and and so you know Nicodemus tries to be smart. Well, I can't go back into my mother's womb. <laughs> and so Jesus tells him, "No, you have to be born of the Spirit. The Spirit comes." And, and, and you can't tell where it's going. So then he goes on to explain that God loved the world, that he said his only son, being Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And now continuing in verse 17, right after this, it says God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the yeah. judgment is mm. based on this fact. And so, this is saying that if we don't believe in Jesus, we're already judged. Why? How we already judge is because of the standard we said earlier. Yeah, There's a standard that God is upholding. And if we don't measure up to that, we're already judged. So, if anything... Jesus coming is a very good thing, which is the good news. Very
1: good news. Mm -hmm. Because check this out. God is just. Yes. God is just. And that's not going to make sense until you get this concept of the law and a judge. A judge has to uphold the law. Mm -hmm. And we know that God is a judge. He has to uphold the law. He is just. Just like any guilty criminal on this earth that stands before a judge that we know has committed some horrific crimes... It is right and it is just for the judge to send him away and to put him, lock him up forever for the rest of his life. And that's exactly how we stand before God without Jesus, is that we stand as guilty criminals before the judge. And he has to be just. He has to declare, he has to uphold the law and and send to hell in this case, those who have broken his law. And it is right and it is just for him to do so. But this is a glorious gospel, the mercy of God is that he offers mercy, he offers grace. Mm -hmm. And Jesus steps on the scene and says, judge, I will pay for the sins of this man's crime. And that's very good news when you're a criminal and you're standing before the judge and someone comes in and steps in and takes your place. That's very good news.
2: So it's not wrong to say to people that says, you know, you know, God forgives you. Through Jesus, it's not wrong, but that's not the full story because. Yeah. Well, but the so, believing, yeah. it
1: says that that that, that scripture, which in, in the I don't know if you guys ever read the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. The, no, I never. Uh, well, that. In, in that version, it, it has a very good translation of that text, and it says that for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. That that, that the believing. Instead of saying whosoever, it says that the believing will not perish. Well, even in this have, one, it says whoever well, cause, cause I think that whosoever kind of things, kinda, kinda people get, take that whosoever and kind of make it a general you know, blanket for everybody. that Whosoever, anybody, anybody is, is going to get saved. I mean, it's true, but the believing will not perish. Those who believe.
0: Yeah, because uh, a lot of people, when they hear that, they think... Um well Jesus already forgave me
1: yeah so what so I need to do I, I don't to do need to do anything yeah
0: because Jesus already forgave me He yeah. paid the price and so people get a misconception of, of the gospel
1: so the, 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 the correct context of, of this is the believing those who believe and're and we can do another episode on on the fruits of, of the spirit the fruits of the believer that you can you can tell who's a believer and who's not a believer and the scripture gives us uh, back up on on That we're going to be able to tell uh, a tree by its fruit. But so it's the believing that they don't get justice. See, look, this is the thing. The believers, they don't get justice. They get mercy. They get mercy. Yeah. And that's a a beautiful concept because if, if it is just and it is right for God to... Just condemn the world. But he has love and he has grace and he has mercy that Mm -hmm. he has offered a way out through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ, God himself, became a man. He walked this earth and kept the whole law perfectly. Didn't sin once. And he went to a cross. And on that cross, he took the punishment for our sin. He is our substitute, the great exchange Our sin was imputed on him, and his righteousness, that perfect life that he lived, is now imputed unto us. So when we switch places, basically, he took my sin, he gave me his righteousness. So when I stand before God, I'm not standing before God based upon my good works or the good things that I've done, because I have none. Oh boy, I have none. But when I stand before God, he sees the righteousness of Christ on me. And so when, when we stand before him, we stand perfect, we stand holy, we stand blameless because of account what Jesus did, not because of what I did. And that's good news because I can't earn my salvation, but Jesus Christ paid it and took it, and we switched places. So now I stand holy, I stand blameless, and that's very, very good news for me.
0: That's what I was going to say right there. That, that's very good news because yeah. that test earlier. I yeah. was just like, man, I'm guilty before God. I... I'm going to hell, but it's like kind of like how can I be saved now? Yeah. Let me just say this as well, because a lot of people nowadays they get offended over everything. Yeah. So if you tell somebody that they're a bad person, they could be like, "Oh, you're unloving. You're, you're judging me, me you're bro. Judging I hate speech. Me. <laughs> <That's> hate <laughs> speech. I'm gonna call people. the cops." And let's just let's just be real right here, okay? Everybody knows deep inside what they do in the hidden in the hidden places in the secret yeah. place. They in know the dark. what they do in the dark. Mm. And so this should be very very good news because you didn't do anything. Jesus paid the way. Yeah. Now it's those who live by faith that are that are justified. There you go. And so this is really really good news. And what what
1: what's 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 being justified? What does that mean?
0: Justification is basically sta- standing right with God. You're declared, You're declared right righteous. before it's God. A legal term. Dang. And uh, for those of you for anybody who's gone to court, you know like, dang, when the judge sends <laughs> you, you know you know like, dang, that's bad. Uh, but uh, just referring to to a first John John is saying that if, if anybody says that he has not sinned we say that God is a liar yeah
2: Now, Dang. God is not a
0: man that he should lie so the Bible says that you are bad you are bad I'm bad Justin's bad what Martin's bad I'm We're worse than you guys bad actually without God <laughs> and that's the whole point because nowadays people uh, uh people want to feel accomplished they want to feel like they did it so when you tell them that you can't do it they're like no I can do it but but it's a good thing that you can't do it because Jesus came. That's why he's a savior. Yeah. And 1 uh, John talks about uh, we have uh, Jesus as an advocate. He's, a a, lawyer, a, a he's our lawyer, bro.
1: He's our lawyer. The best lawyer that, yes, that, that can. we can't
0: even pay for. <laughs> he came to us. We You <laughs> so no go public searching, defender so out here. here. Check, check <S laughs> this out. As you know, having the scene as in a, in a courtroom. Where, you know, uh, the devil's coming, he's accusing you, like, God, you, you this is what this person did. I'll, I'll put myself an example. Uh, this is what Victor did. He has lied. He has stolen. He has taken your name uh, as blasphemy. He's looked at women with lust. He should be condemned. He should be, um. he should be sent to hell.
2: By your law, by this by man, your, man is yes. condemned. See, yeah. This
0: man is condemned. And so then... That's what you said when, uh, when Jesus steps into the scene and basically takes that punishment for you, stands up for you, and uh, declares you righteous justification right there. And for anybody who wants to see more in depth on it, uh, go to First John uh, chapter 2. Right there in the beginning of verse 1 and 2, it talks yeah. about Jesus being an advocate for us. And so this is really, really good news that you're, you're basically free. And it's not what you did. It's what Jesus did on the cross for you. Yeah. That's right. That's amazing right there.
2: And that—that's what we talked about earlier. Is that when you mention Romans and how it says that those who try to keep the law will not be justified. Dang, yeah. So, so even an Ooh. unbeliever who tries to do good, who tries to keep this law, they still will not be justified. The only justification comes from Jesus because He took the the wrath of God upon Himself. And sometimes when we think Jesus is on the cross, we don't we we forget the full picture that yeah. it wasn't the cross that's. It, it is the cross because that, that's where he was crucified. But I mean, it wasn't just the whippings. It wasn't the beatings yeah. they took. It wasn't just him dying on the cross. Yeah. But more importantly, it was the wrath of God that he took upon himself Dang. because that wrath of God was aimed at us. Yeah. And so when we go back and, and so we review the things that we just mentioned, that we're guilty before God because we don't measure up to the standard that he, he kept, he, he, he left for us to, to try to, to keep up, right? So we're all guilty. And so. We stand before God our, our, our judge And so Some people may say Oh well, well God could do anything he, Why can't he just save us But then that would change The character of God God is not, unchanging not
1: only, not, not only that But the justice of God God yes. is just He and, has and, to uphold the law And
2: so let's say Victor You know Taking the test earlier If God were to You know Take him to the courtroom And say You know what You didn't keep any of these commandments If God were to Just simply to go and say Victor But you know what I love you You're free He's not just. That's not upholding justice. And so that's why Jesus steps in the scene. Jesus upholding all of the law, all of the law, sinless, blameless, all that. Jesus comes, he takes the wrath of God. So, so Victor deserves hell. That was his punishment because he broke the law. But instead, Jesus took that wrath. He took it upon himself for us, for those that believe. And so that's why it's a good analogy here in John chapter three, that he said that when Moses lifted up the bronze snake.
1: And now, and you, and the background of the bronze snake and, yes. and the word that comes from the uh, book of Numbers, where um, there was a bunch of, there were the Israelites were in the wilderness and they were getting bitten by a bunch of snakes. Yes. And so uh, God tells Moses to get a serpent and to uphold it on a stick. And whoever uh, looks at it, they, they're going to be healed from their wounds.
2: And I like how it says that because yeah. it did not say everyone will be saved. It says that those, those that yeah. looked upon it uh-huh. would be saved. So that that left room for those that didn't want to look at the snake.
1: They were left with they were left with their their just uh, punishment which is yeah. you know they the snakes being bitten and dying from them because, because during, they didn't look yeah. at it.
2: Because yeah. during that time of Moses it said that everyone and everyone was bitten. Uh-huh. And so everyone was already had this poison in them. They were going to die. But those that looked upon the snake would be saved.
1: (laughs) Hey, dude, because think about it, that we've all been bitten by that snake. And so that snake for all of us. (laughs) So now what we got to do, we got to look upon that cross, man. Damn, that's crazy. But I I wanted to touch on what Mm -hmm. we were saying about the wrath of God. And this is something that. That 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 turned for me because remember on the first episode we were t- saying our testimonies that when I when I heard this preaching of a man by Paul Washer, oh man, if you don't know who Paul Washer is, then are, are you saved? Now are you really saved? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> look him up and and look. So Dang, now you're adding to the Bible. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> Dang. Right, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. just playing. Okay, so so a couple of scriptures. Uh Isaiah chapter 51 verse 17 It says, wake yourself, wake yourself, stand up, O Jerusalem. You have drunk from the hand of the Lord, the cup of his wrath who have drunk the dregs, the bowl, the cup of staggering. Jeremiah 25, 15, it says, Thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me, Take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. Revelation chapter 16, verse 19, says, The great city was split in three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and God remembered Babylon the great to make her drink." the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. And so we have this picture in scripture that there's this cup and in this cup is filled with the wrath of God. And so we go to the garden of Gethsemane, mm, yeah. Jesus bowing down right before his crucifixion. And what is his prayer? He says, Lord, if, if it's in your will, let this cup pass from me.
2: Mm, that's and, another, that's and, another topic right there dude, too, if it's in your will.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, okay
2: right. <laughs> Another time.
1: We'll send that for another topic But we'll his his prayer was this cup of wrath That he knew he was about to drink And we talk about the wrath of God It is not nothing easier, or simple No man can take the wrath of God It had to be the perfect, sinless son of God to do it And so he takes his cup that was poured out, you know, in the old testament, the man couldn't drink. Here comes Jesus Christ. He's 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 in the he's in the garden and he is fearful. He is scared. His soul was was uh, in anguish even unto death. And so he So
2: much so that he was sweating, he was sweating blood.
1: blood. And so he was he was not fearful for the cross itself. Because even in Matthew chapter 10, he says, do not fear man who can only kill the body, but after that can do no more. Fear God who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. So Jesus feared the wrath of God on that cross. And dang, dude, when you think about that, it really like, this is how bad your sin is. That someone had to die for it. The justice and the demands of God are too high for us to uphold. Jesus came in and he took that cup and he drank it every last drop and he turned it over and said, This, it has been, it is done. <laughs> yeah, it is finished.
0: Yeah, that's what I say. Uh, the debt has been paid. The
1: debt has been paid. That's oh, what it yeah, means, legal it is, term right there That This man's is fine paid. has been paid in full and he died. And he resurrected. He came back from the dead. That's not just it. He he defeated death for us. So when we believe that perfect, sinless life of Jesus is imputed unto us, it's counted towards us. It's 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 on to our account, and we 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 live with him we die with him and we resurrect with him so the hope of the christian is that he has eternal life and he can be assured and guaranteed of that truth
2: so just like the image that jesus says here with moses and the bronze serpent the bronze snake on the pole we too can now look to the cross with yes, jesus yes and with us believing in mm-hmm. that now we too can have that righteousness of jesus imputed yes. to us
1: and for me, that's very good news oh, And this is why when, when, when I discovered this truth By the sovereignty and providence of God hmm. I was addicted to this gospel Man, I couldn't get enough of it, man If you're going to be addicted to something, be addicted to the gospel, man And so I devoured the scriptures, man I just dug into it, I was like, whoa, this blew my mind Even right now, it still blows my mind, dude <laughs> Dang, thank you Jesus For taking that cup of wrath. It was like when Jesus said
2: It is finished He dropped Mike And then everyone was like (laughs) 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 Serious
1: So yeah man That's the glorious gospel That we preach man Amen And that's beautiful right there And so
2: I I would I would go to say that When you understand this As the gospel Everything else You would look at it funny With a sour face Because then it's just like whoa, 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 like, how, how does it make sense? But then yeah. when you're able to fully put, the, put it together that, you know, just to summarize everything that we mm-hmm. mentioned is that all of us are guilty before God. Why? Because we can't uphold the law. And even if we tried, we still wouldn't yeah. be justified. So now it's like where our hands are tied behind our back, we can do nothing to save ourselves. Yeah. And and that goes into a parable that Jesus talks about. But then moving forward, now Jesus comes as our advocate. He comes yep. before the judge in our place. Dang. And he took the punishment. Because we're all criminals to, 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 to God. But here Jesus took that punishment that we deserved yes. and said, no, I took that for him. Dang. And so then the judge goes and says, all right, slams his, his gavel down and says, all right, you were justified. You, are you could go freely. Dang. The righteousness of Christ and the punishment he took now it gets imputed to us because now we don't have to pay that punishment anymore because yeah. Jesus already took it for us and so now we're able to walk free from that and that's why it's called the good news yeah, That's very good to news. all of us whom believe yeah. and that's
0: why we give glory to God and not to Amen. ourselves because we didn't do it just uh, the, the verse in Ephesians that says by grace through faith alone mm-hmm. that no one may boast yeah. it says if you yeah. boast boast on the cross boast on yeah. what Jesus did for you not what you not did not what you did because yeah. honestly, we didn't do nothing We nah. just, man, it's all by grace
1: right There's this there. yeah, theologian, I forget who says that He says, all you contributed to your salvation Was the sin that made it possible
2: mm. <laughs> And if you think about it uh, What's it called? When we look when we look at that uh, What's it called? Oh, for those that don't believe And when they see Christians, they're like well, Why do you go to church? Why are you doing these good things yeah. if, if Jesus already did it? No We don't do it to earn our salvation. We do it as the outcome of our salvation. It's because
1: we're saved. We're not doing it to earn it. It's just the uh fruit of our salvation. Now our heart has been transformed. That stony heart has been transformed. Ripped out of your, your your chest and put in a new one that loves God, that hates mm-hmm. the sin that he once loved and committed and and now loves the righteousness of God. His heart has been transformed. That's another aspect that we need to look into is a transformed heart. And the John chapter 3 that you were mentioning is a being born again. That's what it means to be born again is that you're brand new. You're made into a new person. You're a new creation. Amen. And so that, man. And so... If you want to learn more uh, about imputed righteousness and we didn't get to repentance on this one, but we'll get to repentance. Oh, maybe actually, another. Yeah.
2: No, we have to get to repentance. Actually.
1: All right. Well, and so the first words of John the Baptist, the first uh, words of the ministry of Jesus Christ, Peter's answer to in the book of Acts to the people that said, what shall we do in Acts chapter two? They all said, repent, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So what what must we do? to 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 receive is
2: repent and believe. So what does it mean to repent for those who are listening who do not maybe have never heard the word repent. What does that mean?
1: It's a it's a change of mind that causes you to turn from your sin. You are fully convinced right. of this cross mm-hmm. and that you turn from your sin. So so me personally just real quick I I couldn't I couldn't like physically turn from my sin because I was addicted to some scante, to some meth. But in my mind, I was like, I don't want this no more. I, I want to turn from this. So Jesus comes and steps on the scene and, and frees me from that. I'm turning from my sin. So I don't want almost, it anymore. So
2: it's almost like how we mentioned earlier, how that's like the outpour, the outcome yeah. of the salvation. When, when we turn to believe in Christ you now our sin. only our only proper response would be to repent yeah, to, to turn, turn away from, from yeah. our sin. And, and so even looking in the gospels we see Jesus his own gospel that Jesus himself during his ministry while while he was here on earth 2000 years ago he would tell people repent. Yes, repent and believe. And he would say because the kingdom of God is near.
1: And even um in the book of Acts Paul even says that now God commands all men everywhere to repent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a, it's a, repentance now is a commandment. <laughs> yeah. And we can go into another whole discussion about that. Whoops. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful right there. So uh, if you want to learn more about imputed righteousness, I don't know. Did I say this? I don't know. Genesis chapter 15, verse three, Romans chapter four, read up on the scriptures and just be edified. Yeah.
2: Any closing comments any of you like to say?
1: Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.
2: Yeah, I just want to encourage
0: the believer that's listening right now. Just a, It's a daily repentance. It's not just yeah. a one-time thing. And a, No, it's a daily continuing. What we said in this podcast is for growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a daily repentance. You're going to mess up. but uh, That's what grace John, comes in. The book of John says that, you know, I've washed you, but, you know, I'm going to wash your feet. In other words, you're cleansed, but, you know, as you walk around, along this road, your feet may get dirty. But That's good. He's standing at the right hand of God, interceding on your behalf, on the Amen. believer's Amen. behalf. That's good. So that when you get dirty, he's going to cleanse you. You just repent, continue to repent, and grow. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you, the believer, to, to grow. Amen. To grow in Christ.
1: Amen. How about you, Justin? Any last words?
2: Um, i like to say, just as Jesus told the adulterous woman... Um, he said, "Go and sin no more."
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How more oh, clear can you that have that's it?
0: That's
2: <laughs> yeah, there, there are times when Jesus said, "Repent," and then there are times when He goes straight sin out no told more. them.
0: Straight out told them. Sin and so, no more. and so for us,
2: maybe this is your first time hearing the gospel, and if not, maybe you have heard the gospel. And maybe you've gone into a, a type of lukewarm stage where you know you're just not all there. But you know what? Go and sin no more. Continue to read the gospel. Because yeah. just as Martin said earlier in the beginning of this, of this episode, that it's not something we graduate from. The gospel, we can never graduate from the gospel. Yeah. The gospel is the basis for our faith. Yeah. And so that's why we need to continue to remind ourselves of this. Because if we don't, then what are we really uh, thanking God for? Yes, Why are we even living for God if, if we're not continually yeah. looking into the gospel? I
0: would say even Paul had to remind the church continually about yeah. the gospel. Yeah. It all goes back to the gospel. Yeah, exactly.
2: And that's our exactly. foundation as a believer.
1: Amen. And so, uh, man, I hope, uh, you guys whoever's listening to this were edified because that's the whole purpose that we're doing this. Yeah. We want to glorify God through the edification of the saints and we want you guys to grow as we grow as Amen. well. And so this is Reformed Rasa. Don't forget to subscribe, <laughs> to like add a comment and to give us that five stars or else I'm gonna have to question your salvation honestly <laughs> and so yeah so leave us comments uh, uh, hit us up at 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 gmail.com any questions comments concerns or rebukes or anything you guys like to hear us talk about hit us up there thank you for right. listening listening thank you for tuning in until next time may God be the glorified in all our lives amen
2: Godspeed Spider Man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh (laughs) right, peace. 'Cause this is for the
0: assumption This is for the